listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. Mm -mm. Nope. Who are you? Not Jen. Okay, that works for me. Great I'm label. Sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> Guys, it takes a village. We bring you this show weekly with our stories, tips, and expert guests to help you navigate the complicated world of dating. So help us in the podcast world by doing your part and rating our show and leaving comments about what you think and who you think this not Jen is. Yeah, please let me know. <laughs> Find us at It's Complicated Podcast on iTunes. Rate and comment. Although iTunes. That could be changing soon. So wherever yeah. you find podcasts. Yeah, iTunes is, is there's a whole, uh, they're segmenting iTunes into three different platforms now. It's like movies, podcasts, and music. And like iTunes is going away. Cool. So find us wherever the podcasts are. I don't know when that's happening, so it might not be an issue right now, but I'm just saying. Way to scare everyone. You know, guys, it's fine. Find us at It's Complicated Podcast on all the places you listen to your podcast. And then what you do is you tell a friend and you share and you rate and comment because that helps us. If you want free shit, that's going to get you free shit. It's going to bring sponsors and offer codes your pretty little way and it keeps the village running over here that it takes to help you all date. So, you know, be and part the of things. the village and do the things. And do the things. Yeah. And so today we're doing a lot of things oh. because we've got women's health expert, leading authority on post-birth control syndrome, and author of Beyond the Pill, Dr. Jolene Brighton, in to discuss how the birth control pill can be dangerous, why women have been kept in the dark about the harmful side effects, and why we should all be detoxing from the pill. It's just, there. it's like all of those things I didn't even know were a thing, and they're a thing, and now I have seven billion questions. Yeah. I hope Dr. Brighton is ready to get ambushed. <laughs> Dr. Jolene Brighton is a functional naturopath, medical doctor, and a nutritional biochemist with a focus in women's and doctrine health. Um, every, endocrine. Endocrine. I see, I can't. <laughs> but I like indoctrinate. Oh, well, no, because... <laughs> indoctrinate. I actually was trying to make it sound fancier than it really was, although that's probably not possible. <laughs> I think that uh, all of the, like the nutritional biochemist thing how important is that I mean we'll get into that sounds like a lot of fancy words no I'm just saying I feel like a lot lot. of doctors don't know shit about what you eat and that's just weird to me um anyway all be connected it it, it all goes your body is one place it's not like it operates separately it is all connected so shouldn't be all connected it is all connected so okay so more about uh Dr. Brighton she is uh recognized as the leading expert in post-birth control syndrome but you didn't even know what that was and the long-term side effects associated with hormone contraceptives. Uh, Dr. Brighton is the author of Beyond the Pill, a 30-day plan to support women on birth control, help them transition off, and eliminate symptoms of post-birth control syndrome. I almost Again, still didn't know that was a thing and really excited to find out if I have it. Oh, oh, if you were on the pill, I'm sure you do. Well, yeah. Anyway, guys, she's a speaker, women's health advocate, and medical advisor for one of the first data-driven apps to offer women personalized birth control recommendations Welcome, Dr. Brighton. Hey, you. Hey. And you. Hi. Who shall remain nameless. Exactly. Yeah, not Jen. <laughs> right. I have to say that, like, my silent laughing over here, I'm like, wow, we're, like, three minutes in and my face hurts from how hilarious you guys are. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, thank you. Good. I'm so happy. Because we can't read. <laughs> well, I can't, and I make up words, but I'm also not a doctor, 
I do speak for a living, though, so that I should probably work on. <laughs> no, you're really good at that. It's like the words that we don't say every day. You know, I... Like endocrine. I, I don't even think of that. I used to get in trouble for talking in class, like, as a child. And I think that it's not a shock. That Same. I had a D in conduct because of my conduct, obviously, not my grades. <laughs> People rate you on conduct? You mean like, like private school does. You mean oh. you had a D in conduct? Uh, <laughs> I just can't do no no can't it's all it's well you funny. saw the dedication in my book right no was it to us to every oh. little girl who's ever been told she talks too much or asks too many questions oh, see there we go those are my favorite people oh yeah well, I mean here we are we have all the questions for you so you're gonna regret that well I feel like <laughs> you are the type of doctor you are which I think is very specific and and not common um your your like history of the things you've chosen to study and that's probably because you don't settle easily you have a lot of questions and you want answers and that's where what led you to this in this book that is literally mind-blowing to any female or male yeah also you should all learn this stuff dudes listen to what we go through and stuff um but also you don't seem very doctory like, like what, when I roll in in a leather jacket, yeah, <laughs> did yeah. that throw you off? No, and like, <laughs> but I think that's what's important about what we're talking about because there has to be some person that makes this all un, like digestible, where it doesn't seem super scary and sterile, and like it's this one way, not another. There's this other area which you can explore as to how to handle your hormones in a way that is not just popping a pill. Yeah. It's not and that easy solution. You know, and I think we can all recognize that like the old story of medicine of like, here I am in my white coat and I'm going to tell you what to do and you do what I say and you ask no questions is over and done. Like we need to move past that. And that's very much of like, I mean, my, my patients know like they, they, what you see online is what you get in my clinical practice. That is not mochi. That is not well mochi. Well done mochi that, yeah. on your, oh, that's your mortal enemy. Oh man. Is she going to like do some flying kicks? Oh, she usually <laughs> oh, does God. figure but this time no she's like well she may bark but you know what she's just excited about the show like we are i think so she's really happy we're all here totally she's like we're gonna talk about lady parts let's do this thing she has lady parts too absolutely she does, but she's been spayed so i don't know I how know, that relates right she lost her ovaries so she's essentially a postmenopausal woman oh mo maybe no, that's why she has an attitude problem probably i think <laughs> she's irritable and stuff well, it's an interesting thing that when estrogen gets low, so when you're on birth control, so that's synthetic estrogen, or you're postmenopausal, your estrogen goes low, you actually have a deficit in social skills, they found. And so the way you actually interact is a little bit a little bit different. So but then part of me is like, I don't know. Like they're comparing this to postmenopausal women and these are women who've put up with shit for a really long time that's and they're kind of done. And like it's um Is it environmental or is, or is it, it just people in yeah. your life? Well, you know, a women are caretakers right and they they give like everything to everyone and something like early in my clinical practice I aspired to be a 40 something year old woman before I was a 40 something year old woman because their boundaries were on point and they didn't care and they weren't the kind of women that were like yeah let me kind of apologize for this right now which is like the you know you do that in your 20s and you get in your 30s and you're like can I not do that and it isn't until your 40s that you're like ah, I've got this Hell so yeah. I've always thought like I aspire to be a 40 something year old woman before I'm actually a 40 something year 
year old women just to have those boundaries altogether. Because it's it's something that you it takes time to get to. Like that is learned after doing shit wrong. Well, or, after being trained, right? How that, many of yeah. us are trained not to ask questions, not to talk too much, don't be unpleasant, just smile and be pretty. Like, oh, and that's your just hide your tampon up your sleeve because you don't want to know that you're bleeding. And oh, totally. um, don't ask about what this pill is that I'm giving you. And it's not even medication. I love that, by the way. Um, Jen and I have listened to some other podcasts that you've done. The whole like, um, are you on any medication? And uh, most women answer, no, just the pill. I mm-hmm. have said that. I, I have yeah. absolutely said that. What and yeah. I, I, the reason I felt like it wasn't medication was because usually there are other options to check off. Mm, And so because they deem those as like whatever might conflict with whatever you're about to go do, I felt like this is obviously just this other thing that's managing my period, not, Mm -hmm. and, and I felt like it was for my period, not for any other thing in my body. Cause it was like the on and off switch for the bleeding. For me, it was take this pill so you don't get pregnant yeah it's not a, it's just so you don't get pregnant nobody says what it's doing to prevent pregnancy mm-hmm. how it's tricking your body into all whatever this list of things that you wrote a whole book about I never considered it medication because nobody fucking told me and it's making me really angry like I'm I bet you you come across a lot of women who are like pissed off after oh, yeah not that you're I trying mean, to piss people off but no no yeah. but I got pissed too I mean I was in I was in medical school when I learned I'm only fertile one day out of the month. And I was sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute. Why why did I have to go to medical school to learn how my body works that I've been living in for how many years now? And then to think I'm medicating myself every single day for the with one no day. Question. Wait, Dr. Brighton, clear this up. If you are not on your fertile, if you are not on your ovulation day, you cannot get pregnant. Well, that's the tricky thing is okay. sperm likes to hang around. Right. So they're like tricky little beasts hiding. They're like dust bunnies, you know? But it's, <laughs> that also yeah, it's only that one. <laughs> Sorry, they do. It's only that one day though. So <laughs> even if the sperm has lived in your body for what, like 48 hours or more? No, like five to six days. Oh, five to so six days. So there's about a week. Rent? Okay. There's, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're mammals and a lot of mammals will actually do this. They'll have sex. Um, they find a mate they actually capture the sperm and then when the environment's right that's when they impregnate themselves and so it's kind of that whole mechanism like there's mammals that will actually capture sperm go find their breeding ground impregnate themselves like food is plentiful so it's a mechanism to hmm. ensure conception because like a one day <laughs> yeah that's like-, that's like a moving target right um so with that you've got about a week of a fertile window okay you as a female this is the interesting thing when we think about the conversation like the burden of preventing an unintended or unwanted pregnancy falls on a woman yet she can only get pregnant one day out of the month and it's that sperm that's messing everything up it's that sperm that's hanging out for a week just like waiting lurking being like oh there's the egg attack attack yeah (laughs) I have a question now since we are obviously talking about the pill what about like plan B because Mm -hmm. you know then people say well if I get off of it then I'm gonna have to go bomb my uterus and like isn't that so much worse I mean I guess at this point any of it's worse but like yeah I mean plan B is not awesome in terms of like I mean you you take it and it just it does a wallop to your hormones and gets and but it does its job right but it's a one and done kind of situation but we all know somebody who took plan B and was messed up for like three months afterwards an emotional wreck and like part of that is because you just had to take plan B you likely had to go that alone to the pharmacy go through the whole bleeding experience alone like this whole again burden of pregnancy it's on our shoulders so it's not ideal but it's not 
not a chronic medication, right? Like you're not taking it every day for decades on end. Like we are now in 2019. The pill was being researched in the 50s, introduced only if you were married. Could you get it in the 60s? Are you serious? Yeah. I feel like it should be for the other people. <laughs> right? No, because you're supposed to be a good girl. And good well, girls because don't you're have not sex. supposed yeah, to have sex it. until you're married. And then when you're ready to have the baby, then you stop taking the pill, which P.S. you don't aren't necessary I mean some people get pregnant on the pill but yeah only 91% effective with typical use which is the way that we actually use it and I only found that out after going to the hospital with a ruptured cyst an ovarian cyst um, something that the pill is supposed to prevent but I only got them while I was on the pill and when I they wanted to take a pregnancy test I'm like I don't understand but I'm on the pill and the nurse just laughed at me and she's like that's not 100% effective and I was like but it's 99% that's what it said and she's like no no, it's not. Um, and that was a moment where I was like, wait a minute, I need to look at this. And I was like, oh, sure enough. It's like 91% effective with typical use. And then you add in things like I was having depression, so I thought I'd take St. John's wort. Oh, oh does as, that the that, efficacy of the pill? Yeah, it so it? it will actually upregulate CYP genes. These are basically detox genes in the liver that can have you clear the pill. So maybe just like a talk- grapefruit or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like a higher thing, dose like grapefruit. A grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and no, but see, nobody, though, I mean, there's so many things, obviously. You have to read the tiny, 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 tiny print. A, well, it's not going to talk about St. John's in there. No. And it's not going to talk about half the stuff that I talk about in my book. Probably not even a quarter. But Ugh. you don't need to know any of that stuff. If you're just more like you sex ed in school is so stupid it's like this is how you put a condom on and this on is a the banana inside <laughs> what i don't know nobody no woman i know understands the reproductive system like a woman who has ha- already had a baby it's mm-hmm. too fucking late at that point i mm-hmm. mean it's not not late like and i'm just saying it we should be understanding it before. No, because totally. at what point in your life, unless you become super interested in it, do you sit around and say, let me look up my urethra or like, yeah, well, that is a girl thing, right? So yes. I don't even know. Well, no, no, have, it is. I mean, most women don't understand where, not most, but I've encountered a lot of women who don't understand the difference between their urethra and their vagina and where the tampon's going and really understanding that. And this is a big problem, right? Because in the United States, where we're currently sitting, they don't maintain, mandate scientifically accurate sex ed. Like, we don't... The sex ed we get doesn't have to be scientifically accurate. Like what? I What's mean, the point that then? right there, right? Hello? I'm just that's so mind blowing to me. Of like, okay, well, we're gonna give you an education about your body, but it's gonna fit someone else's agenda, which is usually to scare the bejesus out of you. And that's really like in my book, what I aim to do is remove the fear mm-hmm. from the decision. Like we shouldn't be making fear based decisions. Like never have sex because if a boy holds your hand, you might get pregnant. Or <laughs> like you know, you have to be on the pill every day because you're period is so horrible and there's no way to naturally balance your hormones or you have to get off the pill right now because it's the devil the worst thing ever and it's like there's a time and the place for all pharmaceuticals I would argue but you have to have all the information to make the best decision for your body if you start birth control for painful periods so you started for heavy periods made the bleeding stop I started for heavy painful periods you're like the one in in the three out of the room who started it actually for pregnancy prevention but you know if you start it for symptom management and yet you're in a high risk population where you might have a clot or maybe you're going to be somebody who develops an autoimmune disease, which we know is linked to birth control. Now you should know that you should know. They don't okay, tell you shit though. I'm I cool. actually yeah. back some, this might help some women. I actually was starting to have sex with my boyfriend when I got on the pill 
for the first time, but also had horrible cramps. So Mm -hmm. I used the guise of the cramps to take the pill, which also like I, you know, I had been told one time and people get, you know, our women are told to do this too. Um, My boyfriend was out of town and he lived out of town and he was coming into town and I didn't want to have my period when he was here because I wanted to have sex with him and I didn't want it to be messy and whatever. So someone told me just keep taking the pill. Don't do, just go back to the Mm -hmm. next. So you skip your period. No. Yeah. But it's not even a period. My body, well, right. But my body is not, it's like, nope. Yeah, I, my, I still bled. I still because and I I always say when I'm pregnant, I'll know because it's like clockwork. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a good sign or not. But I, you just my point is, is you just get told these things and you just do it. Yeah. You just blindly follow. Take this pill. Oh, just keep taking the pill. Uh, don't. What about those pills out there that like you can get you period two times a year? What the fuck is that? Oh, Why that would I want to be? But isn't that like what is that? Well, when you're on these medications, the period you're having, it's not a period. It's a withdrawal bleed because you never ovulate. Wait, what is that? What? You don't ovulate when you're on the pill? You better ever? not. Then you would get pregnant, right? right? If you ovulate, then there's a risk of pregnancy. So some women their eggs be strong and they will make, they will ovulate but no so the way that the pill works is that it's a high enough dose of medication that you take it it passes through your liver so your liver gets a shot to detox it and it's still a high enough dose that tells your brain do not signal to your ovaries to make an egg or to make estrogen make progesterone it shuts the whole system down but keep in mind that you know they often say you know I hear women say well my doctor said I'm on a low dose now a low dose pill so it's safe right in comparison to the the one that used to kill people. Oh well, my God, you've heard my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, is there one that's better than the other, like low dose? But then does that mean you have a higher chance of getting pregnant? So like, what's the low dose about? Is well, it just they're the- all lower dose compared to what, what we initially started with. So the first iterations of the pill were a much higher dose. And a lot of women wouldn't follow through with taking them because they just were so nauseous and they felt so awful on them. But they also came with a much higher risk of stroke, of cancer, heart attack, things along that line. Now, when it comes to birth control pills, like in terms of one that's better than the other, I mean, really, it's kind of like that glass slipper when it comes to birth control like you got to find the thing that's the right fit for you but there are versions like Yaz, Yasmin, Osella those came out and that was the first time that um, a, like a pharmaceutical company in terms of birth control really marketed it as this like kind of cure-all for everything and what happened is because of the type of progestin that was in it it caused you to hold on to potassium and if you hold on potassium you can get arrhythmias you're at higher risk for cardiovascular events and you know what else causes you to hold on to potassium or potassium sparing drugs like ibuprofen so let's say you're taking the pill it didn't resolve your periods now you're taking all this ibuprofen now you're holding on to even more potassium oh my god you just totally figured out what the fuck was wrong with me and why i have heart palpitations i felt that way too when she said it i was like oh ding ding oh my god yeah I gave myself a heart problem. <laughs> um, I like to go back to why I went on it. So it wasn't actually periods, but like I just told my mom, it was like my cramps hurt. I'm my hair is too long on my arms and uh, my skin has acne and all these things. I made up. I literally the hair on up. the arms is the first. That's the first time I've heard that one. Oh, I was excuse. like, my hair is too dark. And so it must be because I have all these hormones that need balancing. I mean, I was like 18 years old and basically was like, just making I need shit up to get 
on this pill because I'm going to graduate high school. I'm starting to have sex. That's on my list of things to do. And I'm going to go to college. <laughs> it's on my to-do <laughs> like, list. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm super like. And I need to check that box Well, already. yes. And that is very me. So I like to be organized. I'm like, I got to get this show on the road. And also I like to know when my period's coming so I can map things out around it. So like for me, I actually had no cramps. I had no anythings. And I just took it because I was like. Well, she's going to get it for me because she's my mom and I just told her I needed it. So we went and got it. Um, But then nothing for me ever changed. Like I never felt hormonal. I never felt any sort of wave of anything. I didn't have an arrhythmia like you did. Like, well, no, that happened to me like now. It happened now. But I think it could be. There's so many things. So many. been stressed. But But also I I needed to see a doctor. Let me just say that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I did. Well, you did. But okay. So but for me, I felt like. Well, the pill doesn't affect me the way that other people feel affected by it because it I don't have all these cramps and except it when, doesn't knock you, me out. Didn't you have surgery for something removed? Yes. So I did have a cyst. Mm-hmm. I had what was it? Did I tell I told you what it was. I don't know. It had hair and teeth. Oh, teratoma. Kind of, I don't know. It was the size of like a grapefruit. It did didn't you hurt say me it at all? Is it in a jar somewhere here? It's not in my home. <laughs> Dr. Brighton's like, I keep that kind of stuff. She's like, I, I kept my wisdom teeth. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, well, yeah, you're a doctor. Well, maybe that's, I, I don't know. I didn't even get to see it and I'm kind of bummed now, but like also I probably would have been horrified that I produced that inside my body and I actually not think of it. I'm like, Ugh. But is that because I was on the pill for, honestly, since I was 18 until five months ago or four months ago and I was like, I'm tired of going to CVS and picking that damn thing up. Yeah. So, you know, it's a possibility. I haven't seen any research specific to that saying that like that, you know, that is related and correlated to that. So, but it is something, you know, it's interesting um, is how many women feel like they have to make up a story to justify getting on birth control. And like just that fact that you're like, oh, I wasn't going to say that I want to have sex. I'm going to say that it's for all of these other things. And then our moms are like, oh, of course, because my doctor taught me that like this fixes everything and it's kind of perpetuated this myth in it women's is. medicine that's like, the problem yeah this is just the magic wand let me wave it over you and it's I call it the pill for every female ill like whatever Ooh. you have fill in the blank that's what you're going to get headaches blah 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 it's like dude Migraine. drink more water right. how about that but to or your maybe point check your eyes you had you know you had no side effects that you knew of this is the question we need to answer why her and not her like instead of debating these side effects that you know thousands of women around the world who don't know each other reporting the same stories, experiencing the same things, taking these medications, instead of saying, well, there's no study to show that that actually caused it. Therefore, we don't believe your story. Shut it down. Why don't we actually have a little curiosity and start asking, well, why is it that you were on the pill and you had no issues and I was on one form of the pill and I had debilitating depression, like couldn't get out of the shower, just crying and I was just basically a mop, a wet mop on the floor. And yeah, then I switched to another pill and I felt totally fine and then you know why is it that you had no issues yet other women do have issues this is what we need to start answering because if we can understand that we can do a better job in guiding women about what is the best choice for you yeah or even just knowing what are your symptoms before you decide to take the pill and what can you do how can you just not pop a pill and figure out how to make these things better? What herbs can you take? What foods can you eat? What drink more? What whatever? There's a million things. Why is this pill always the answer? And now mm-hmm. I feel tricked. Like as a woman, I feel tricked, and I feel mad that like I'm supposed to be embarrassed of my period. I'm supposed to be embarrassed of sex when guys get to go fuck everybody they want, and it's like some great thing, and we have to like pretend that it's not happening so we can mm-hmm. take a pill that's fucking with our body. It's like, but then also it's only great when you're like you know when it comes to actually wanting a baby is when it's okay 
like to have a period. So when it's time to have, well, yeah, well, you don't want the period. No. is like the right, but like the fact that we actually can yes. menstruate and but, have like that you know organ in our body that we could create a baby. Yeah, well, like, we're in our thirties and we're both looking at Doctor Brighton like, wait a minute, you don't ovulate when you're on the pill? Like, duh. Okay, that makes sense, but we don't know this. So my question to you is then, if women go up, let's say you want to go off the pill, right? And you mm-hmm. want to detox. There's this whole detox plan for getting off the pill and things that your book goes over. But let's just say you're like, I go up. The- I'm going off the pill to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it, anybody, you can get pregnant on the pill. You can get pregnant a day after you get off the pill. It could take you a year. Maybe that's not the problem. But if it's the pill that you're detoxing from mm-hmm. in order to get pregnant, if you do like a test, like let's say you test if you're ovulating and you are ovulating, like there's an ovulation kit and the stick and it says you're ovulating, does that mm-hmm. mean you've detoxed from the pill? So we don't have to detox from these hormones. Your okay. body will do that, but it has negatively and majorly impacted your liver's function and your body's detox capacity altogether. So we naturally detox through our liver. So our liver packages everything up. We poop it out. We pee it out. We breathe it out. We sweat it out. So we have these ways that we detox. Well, you're on hormonal birth control. It causes genetic and structural alterations to your liver sometimes so it's possible that they are permanent so in the research they say that the genetic alteration which is what elevates your sex hormone binding globulin grabs your testosterone and tanks your libido that's the real way I think birth control works is that you just don't want to have sex. So how can you have a baby? <laughs> yeah, that's contradictory. I mean, or is it working from the inside out that it's making, it's doing these things for your to your body so then telling your brain to not want to have sex because it goes back to that theory. Well, it's not a theory that you compare like, um, go back to the caveman days where like if your body's not ready, if you're stressed, mm-hmm. your body's protecting itself. Like this person's stressed, maybe they're not eating, maybe there's a tiger about to jump on them and they need to like, <laughs> not have a baby because this yeah. so now we're just not gonna do this right now yeah so like it's the like chicken or the egg yeah well it down regulates testosterone production from the ovaries by about 50 percent wow and then any testosterone you do have that binding protein sex hormone binding globulin grabs onto it so you can't actually utilize it so no. if proteins are binding up your hormones you can't actually use them so for women listening always you need to be testing free hormones like free thyroid hormone you need to be looking at your free testosterone so with that that'll crash your libido now the younger you're put on it the higher the risk you're going to have things like dyspareunia pain with intercourse you see vaginal yeast infections which is going to lead to yeast vaginitis so red hot irritated vagina like that doesn't sound like a good time right no um and up there with like a cyst with teeth yeah and you can have issues with like pain with orgasm so you actually do climax you do get in the mood finally you you know, have a hard time with lubrication. That's normal while you're on birth control. And then you actually have an orgasm and it's painful. And so there are things where it's like, it lowers your testosterone. We have those issues, but there's the other issue of like, when you have all of that going on downstairs, that's going to build some neuronal pathways. So your brain and your nervous system is going to be like, let's avoid pain because yeah. that's what organisms let's protect do. This so you body, stop liking stop sex. Liking sex. Yeah. And then there's how it can mess with your relationships. Hell yeah. You know, when you're on hormonal birth control, you select for mates that are more genetically identical to you compared to as genetically diverse so that's like you're more attracted to your cousin than like some you know stranger that you've never met I know it's crazy (sighs) right that's the section of my book of like the pill and your bad boyfriend and 
you know, I joke, like, I don't think it was blaming, you know, we can't blame the pill, but I, I don't know. With my first husband, I'm like, I, I think so. I think the pill. We're going to just call it the pill mm-hmm. and not being dumb in 20, you right? You were in pill brain. <laughs> yeah, it's like beer You goggles. had pill goggles on. Yeah, but it does alter, it alters um, the subtle social cues. It alters our female brain. So the progestins in there actually alter the structure of the female brain. Um, there's neurotoxins being made while you're on it. So there's all of these things, including like inappropriate fear response. So wait so we might be on birth control and in college and put ourselves in more risky situations like this is something we need to pause and we need to start having conversations about because if all anyone ever does is pass you the pill and doesn't say by the way look out for x y and z and make sure like you know when I advocate for teenage gals having access I mean people are like oh my god their suicide risk is so high when they go on birth control initially like they should never have it right It's like, well, I don't know their life. I don't know what's going on. And so I can't really say that. But what I do say is if you can't tell your mom, tell your best friend and say, if I'm ignoring your texts or I'm not going out with you anymore or something changes, will you please help me get help? Because that might be the first sign of depression and that your mood's tanking. And if you don't know that, how do you know to have an ally or ask for help? You don't even know to ask. It doesn't even seem like a doctor should be handing this pill to anybody ever, in my opinion. I mean, yes, I know that there are some situations where it's helpful and needed but I just feel like there are so many negative effects that it's like could you literally I mean you would have to sit and like read your book out loud to every patient you give the pill to like chapter eight let's talk about is the pill compromising your future fertility like it would take hours to really know what this shit is doing to you yeah well and the thing is I, I think it's really important for women to understand is that your doctor's giving this to you because they've been taught and led to believe it is the best, quickest solution for you. So why wouldn't they? They're like, we can get you out of pain. We can make those periods easier. Or we can stop that acne. And like, this is a cure-all. Like, we've got this thing. And so, of course, they're going to want to do that. And then the other issue is that they haven't been taught about these side effects. And But it, they're doctors. Like, hello? I know. But you know what? How doctors get educated. I wasn't taught about like three quarters of what's in my book in school. So we get taught. There's a lot we got to know. Okay. So that's one. Of there's course, there's a lot, lot you got to know. know. You guys keep it all And then your you brain. go into your special anything. area if you want. And then that's what we talked about at the top of the show. You're the type of person. There's a personality in there that wants answers, that asks questions. It's not going to, you know. Thankfully, you're, you did that for but us. But not every. <laughs> Every, I, my ex-boyfriend went to med school and then he got his master's degree in nutrition and then he ended up becoming a dermatologist. But nobody nobody makes you understand nutrition when you're going to med school. It's nope. not like a, he just did that on his own. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing. Right. Really? Like if you're studying the body, whatever part, I don't care. Don't you want to know what's happening inside the body that you're curing like, or what you're helping you put, that part? Even what, if you're helping bones. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't you know well, that's what another thing. create stronger bones? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the other myth that has existed in medicine for too long is that food has no impact. I mean, just if they say that out loud, like people laugh. Like what? Right. Doctors ever fuel? thought that? But like that's what we were taught. Like that's what they were taught a very long time ago. But it's what gets taught in medical school. Then there's what happens in continuing medical education classes. Doctors don't sit on PubMed. They rely on other people to curate this information and to bring it to them. And the problem is, is it's just not happening. And really it's rooted in this entire concept, which is that medicine hasn't really respected women's health 
for a very long time. I mean, they didn't include us in trials until like the 90s. They were mandated what? to be like, yeah. The 90s? So a lot of these drugs <laughs> like that they're like, oh, here, take this. Uh, yeah, it turns out never had a study on a woman. Yeah, we just we tested did it on, on men. men. And we just were like, okay, well, that was done on a man. So woman, same, same. I'm like, except we gestate and grow an entire human in our body. Like that's a bit of a difference there. Yeah. So, like, oh my goodness. I know I'm mad. No, it's infuriating. Like the more you know, the more the more I know, the more mad I get about all yeah. of it. Well, there's a lot of doctors getting upset as well, I have to say. Like I am impressed by how many doctors have picked up my book and they're like, I mean, I talked to a gynecologist and she was like, for 20 years, I've been passing this out with no question, thinking I was doing the best thing. Of and course. she's like, I can't even tell you how many patients. I'm like, yeah, but you did the best you could with the information you had, which is like what so many of us are doing. And I have people, so for instance, the nutrient depletion studies, those go back to like, the 70s I mean we've had them forever um we're, you know we're talking about things like magnesium zinc selenium b12 folate you need that if you get pregnant whoops before you actually know you're pregnant baby needed that folate yep we also see vitamin e vitamin c coq10 I mean there's all of these nutrients I will post about this on Instagram and every time there will be women coming in who are like I don't believe this I need the study and like you need to post the studies I'm like at this point, this is so well known. It, you don't need a study. It's not controversial. It's common knowledge yes. in medicine. And yet there are doctors that are like, oh, wait, really? It depletes those things? I'm like, okay, so when I was getting my nutrition degree and I was on the pill, that was the first time I learned that. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm taking this medication. And yes, if you're training to be a registered dietitian, they tell you, if your patient is on birth control, here's the nutrient depletions to look out for. You need to be aware of that. But there's this disconnect happening in medicine and the conversations that are happening in women's health. And I will go out and say, I'll say it here. If you're on birth control, you need to take a multivitamin or prenatal. You can't out-diet it. Yes, you should try. Yes, you should eat lots of vegetables. I mean, nobody's denying that. But the number of depletions is too much for your diet to keep up with. And so you need to bring in a supplement. And with that, I've had doctors push back and say, no, like they, they don't really need a supplement. And I say, okay, metformin, common diabetic drug known to deplete B12. What do you do? Oh, we supplement with B12. Okay, statins problem for coq10 what do you do supplement with coq10 birth control a problem with all these minerals all these vitamins what do you do oh yeah i guess we should give something why and it's because of what they've been taught do they not even feel like it's a medication either (laughs) well really i mean there's also this kind of underlying current of like questioning the pill is questioning women's rights and as if you're trying to hold a woman down and i'm like you know what holds a woman down the pill (laughs) you telling her what to do with her body and you not giving her the information so that she has the choice and that's really when you get through the end of my book i mean that's what i say the new feminism is it's you know none of like a lot of these conversations that are going about it really what it is is you having all the information so at the end of the day, you're confident you made the best decision for yourself, whatever it is. And we respect you in that decision. We don't come in and it's something where um, just today I was in another uh, interview and as I wrapped up, they were like, OK, so what women do you say absolutely should never take the pill? And I'm like, 
well, if you're looking like you're going to have a stroke, heart attack, you are getting into your 40s, like there's the, these hard, fast, like we don't do this kind of, you have high cholesterol, not a good idea, high blood pressure, not a good idea. However, uh, for the most part, like if you want to use it for pregnancy prevention, it's not my place as a doctor to tell you not to take it. It's my place to give you the information and then support you wherever, wherever you're at. And that's what I do in Beyond the Pill, which I think is, um, as you guys are saying to my personality, um, you guys Game of Thrones fans? No. no. What? We're like the only two I, in America. You're like, yeah, yeah. seriously. I'm more of like a younger But most people are, so you can do the analogy. What do you mean you're younger? What oh, is the that? show. It's oh, so good. Oh, I was like, are you saying I'm old? What no, the hell? It's so good. Honestly, it's like five seasons of brilliance. It's, oh, I don't even know what it oh, is. Now I have to go look that up. You should check it out. It's yeah. But yeah, I mean, my personality type is, so if you think about, um, so in terms of like 16 personalities, that's a personality test. I'm the debater, which means that I am going to argue every single side of it. And it's not for me to be like taking sides. I'll do it as a way to find like, okay, here's the answer I think is best for me. But you're uncovering the truth. I'm really good at being like, okay, well, if I was in this situation, I'd probably make the same decision. So who am I to judge you in that? And that's how, you know, I came out of doing two years of rotation in a homeless youth clinic like these are women who experience period poverty they don't have there's menstrual inequality like we live in a country where bleeding is like it's expensive like yeah I mean not just the panties you go through there's that but just access to tampons pads diva cops things like this and at the same time these women are really at high risk of sexual assault they don't have doors to lock at night and so I did a lot of birth control prescribing through that and it's something where like that was the best decision where they were at. The ironic thing about that is I was doing rotations in an internal medicine clinic as well. And in the homeless youth clinic state mandated, we were only allowed to give depo shots for two years, after which point we knew that the bone risk for osteoporosis was too high. And yet there was a disconnect in the internal medicine clinic. Like these kinds of conversations weren't taking place. And it really comes down to, how are doctors being educated and what is really being, you know, put at the forefront of important things to know. And it isn't always what's important for women's health. Like we do a lot in this country to focus on diabetes. That's good. Uh, uh, Most people, this is a preventable condition unless it's an autoimmune condition. However, there's things like endometriosis or polycystic ovarian syndrome. As far as we know, it's not preventable. And it's in fact, it's affecting a huge percent of the the population. And yet we're not doing research on it. It's very, very little research. And here we are uh, still when people ask me what causes endometriosis, I'm like, well, here's some of the ideas we have, but we haven't done all of the research well, into that. Well, do you think it has to do with like the FDA? Like, are they're not making money off of, um, okay, well, diabetes, I mean, yeah, it can be something that's passed on to you through mother and child. It can be, but most of it is like a dietary thing. Yeah, so diet and lifestyle. If someone just said um, the FDA can't really make money off of saying eat these foods instead, so they tell you to take these medications that probably make you or keep you sick, uh, in my opinion. So that I'm just saying there's people out there that believe no, that. It's a great question, though. And really what it comes down to, and I think that if we can all understand these are business decisions, then we can get a little less pissed off because like with the male birth control trial, So I write about that in my book and how the side effects were deemed just too high for men to have to deal with. They were much lower than the side effects that we experience with hormonal birth control. Wow. And in fact, they stopped the trial 
Well, they then rolled out a new IUD, which had a much higher side effect profile than what the men were experiencing. Now, this is clearly medical gender bias, but where does it really stem from? Like, why did they stop the trial? Where did I say the burden of pregnancy lies on? It's eyes on the woman's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't going to get an ROI on it. They knew we can't keep investing millions of dollars because they're not going to use it. They're not going. I mean, how many men out there? I have talked to so many women who are like, well, you know, my partner just said that they won't use a condom. And I'm like, they don't have a say. Like, I don't understand why they think they get a say. Like, it's yeah. your body. Like, yeah. in this whole arena, like, I believe in like this, having this conversation, this dialogue with your partner. But th- like, this is a very invasive thing. Sex is a, you're having an organ come into your body. For and a woman, right. yes. Yeah. And birth control pills are not going to prevent STIs or HPV. And in fact, you know, there is some research that is calling into question, are we at higher risk of human papillomavirus from being on the pill? Like, does it actually make us more susceptible? Because there, you're not using a condom because you think you're protected? No, because of how it actually changes the ecology. So you've got good little gut bugs and you've got good vagina bugs too that will throw down and protect you but also how it actually changes the cells when you're on it and so the other thing too is that our natural hormones help the health of our vagina our cervix all of our lady parts and so when we don't have those that's why some women I've speak I've spoken with physical therapists who've told me they've seen 20 somethings whose vaginas look like 50 something year old women who haven't had hormones because the lack of those natural hormones stimulating their tissue they get vaginal atrophy so the tissue is shrinking and it's like an older person's vagina yeah Wait, okay I have to go back because this just was so crazy this thought that occurred to me so you had said that there could be like libido issues because of the pill mm-hmm. so we have guys that listen there's we've all probably experienced this where a guy will say I can't have an orgasm because of a condom but we are going to lose our libido taking birth control and that is the same thing like we're having to have this yeah. situation happened to us because we're taking this pill yet you get to not wear a condom because now it doesn't feel right. good enough I think for you. men need to understand I, there's other doctors out there who say this is pretty much a temporary chemical castration of women like that's what you're doing and when you say that to a man that's a moment where they pause where they're like oh I get it because men are not bad and like you know they're good they, they know what know. they know and we know what we know it's and totally now we're educating ourselves totally agree, yeah. but yeah I mean but like 100 like yes he can still have an orgasm if he has a condom like have you like it's it's not I'm like I don't know about that like there's a lot of things men say they be tricky creatures and again because (laughs) it's that's the sperm they want to make it (laughs) they're so creative star for creativity did he get an A in creativity when you got a D in conduct yeah (laughs) honestly I wish I was more creative but so going back to going to the doctor so most women probably especially the ones listening to our podcast have a gynecologist Mm -hmm. so if we go to the gynecologist and let's just say we are on the pill or we're getting off the pill or we're off the pill and they take like our blood, are they checking for the hormones? Are they doing their due diligence at least because they put us on this pill to sort of check the rest out? Like, I don't know what they're doing when they take my blood. I just give it to them and then I leave. Well, they're also okay, taking super weird and you need yeah. to write that down. You need to be like, what are you doing when you take my blood? blood like, panel. what are we testing? And also, what I'm concerned with is, is this going to cost me more money with insurance or are these things like coded? Oh my God, right? That's that's it's, such a struggle in the United and States. And also yeah. to, these are my priorities. to interject for a second is in... I've heard you talk about this, Dr. Brighton, and it's very You've been important like online to stalking me. I, I'm <laughs> a, biggest fan girl. a stalker. So, but do you think also it's for where you're at in your life? 
maybe age um, and getting married and all those yeah, things that have made you more aware of this stuff? Yeah, I also just think that listening to you speak and educate is so eye-opening that I've become interested because of that. I just also think people need to pay attention to why you're getting a blood panel because you're already symptomatic. Mm. So you're like, I don't feel good right now. Uh, Take my blood. And then you're comparing to everyone else who has taken their blood when they don't feel good. And it's not, you're already at a deficit. You're already feeling like shit. That's not how you're supposed to be. I, Oh, I feel tired all the time. Take my blood. Well, you're low in iron. Well, what is it like before when I felt great? Mm -hmm. I am tired all the time, but I'm just saying, and and that's a problem. I know. I know. I think yeah. now reading your quiz, I think it's related. Yeah. So, okay. So to that point, absolutely. Like that's the allopathic model that's gotten us in a lot of big trouble. There's a lot of things we've been doing wrong in medicine and we can acknowledge that. Have some humility and do better. Like that's all we're asking for, right? Sure. Step it up. Do better. And so with that, yes, you know, my patients before they go on birth control and like we need to get a baseline panel. I need to know who you are before you get on birth control. Because if thing, and then I test like six months later and I test follow-up markers and if something they don't feel right we test again and I'll just give them standing lab orders like if x y and z happens just go get your blood drawn this is what we're going to be checking for and that's a big problem so I live in the Pacific Northwest we don't see the sun like nine months out of the year I'm basically a vampire and so there if you look at the reference range of vitamin d it is much lower than the reference range of like southern California because we are getting less sun exposure that's where we primarily synthesize vitamin d but to say like oh well it's normal to be 20 for your vitamin D really like 50 to 80 is ideal Uh, you know to say 20 is normal because that's the average of what we see in this population like that doesn't even make sense Mm -hmm. like that is really it's poor logic and that's it disappoints me medicine come on Mm -hmm. but the same thing is true with like thyroid so uh, when we test thyroid don't let your doctor just test a TSH and I talk about this in the book TSH is a brain hormone TSH is what your brain says to your thyroid it's not a direct measurement of your thyroid interesting so you have to follow up and you have to test those free hormones free T4 free T3 <laughs> and making sure that you're looking for things like uh, TPO antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies. Us as women are at highest risk of developing autoimmunity and the number one is Hashimoto's. Yeah. So that's something we should be screening every year in women, in my opinion, is making sure because when you have symptoms, your symptoms show up before the labs do. So track your data. That is so, so valuable and so, so important. And meet with a doctor that respects your data, that actually wants to hear what you have to say about living in your body because you live in your body. Like that is and like- only you really know. Only you. And that is some of the most crucial data. But understand- But do you even know your body if you've been you medicated not for so long? Not if you're not paying attention. I now just started to figure out what it feels like to ovulate. Mm-hmm. Literally in the last five months of my life what the fuck do I not know that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, oh, this kind of mucus is happening when you're like, there. it's like a mystery to me. And I'm like in my 30s and I don't know that. Like that's yeah. fucking stupid. I've had women in their 40s who call my office in a panic and they're like, I have some kind of discharge. I think I have an infection. And as it turns out, congratulations, you're ovulating. But they were put on the pill after a couple of periods that weren't right and then never had a natural cycle themselves until they got into their 40s. And they're like, Insane. I think I should come off of this. And you know, the reality is, is most of us don't even learn how our bodies work or ovulation or any of that until we decide to get pregnant. And that's when society's like, now we'll teach you. Now we'll give you permission. Oh, but don't walk in and say you're going to do this on your own or you have a sperm donor or you want to be a single mom because I've actually had patients come to me and they will ask like, 
Um, I want to, I've just decided I want to have a baby on my own. I don't want a partner and I don't want to do it. And how do you feel about that? And I'm like, that's not my life. Like that's yeah. like, and I'm like, in a lot of ways, I mean, I have a husband, I had a baby with him and I, I don't know, like in a lot of ways, it probably would have been easier not to have a full grown child on top of the baby, but <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. But you know, anybody who partners up with a man knows yeah. <laughs> there's just some things that their brains are not as good at as our brains. No, they're just shit. different. <laughs> and having a partner that already has a child from a previous relationship and yeah. then watching that partner, my fiance is the best dad ever but it's just different than me mm-hmm. so like watching him parent his daughter and I want to be part of it so I'm like I wouldn't do it that way but when we have our own child it's going to be different because it's going to be like actually much ch- it's there's so many layers but like yeah. yeah you watch them sometimes and you're just like yeah maybe if you ask her to do something then maybe make sure she does it they yeah. just like they're like <laughs> all of a sudden so they're like, different oh to, my god it's like that's, the, that's attention, seriously that's the, hashtag dad life right there attention to detail just goes out the window no attention to detail yeah, like and, no the, and the follow through on sometimes nope. they're like as they distractible <laughs> I know how do they work I'm like oh. hello did you not say let's time to go brush your teeth and then you're just sitting there in front of the TV watching the TV like with her and then you get angry when she's not doing it and it's late and then you have to say it's time to brush your teeth and you're like hello you could have just turned i can't just, like, anyway well this moment. no to your point this is why the human race has existed as long as they have because there are women so yeah. this is why we need to take better care of women yes because where would our species be extinct um so now you were saying basically people start to learn about their bodies when they're about to get pregnant which totally. is too late right. i mean exactly but so like going back to these vitamins and things that you're saying that you need to take like prenatal and all that stuff mm-hmm. I personally was like, well, I think prenatal sounds like a good time. It makes your skin good. It makes your hair better and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. Why am I going to not take it now, even though I'm not trying to have a baby? Maybe my body will just get ready for one day when it's time. I'm going to start. Also, they make really chewy, delicious ones from Smarty Pants. So <laughs> I, I eat them at like their candy. But like, what else can we start taking now? Why do we have to wait? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just cracking up. You're just like, I just eat vitamins No, all I have day. 12 I take every morning. It's amazing. I have a good time. I wake up, I'm like, vitamin time. I have to tell you, there's these um, brain chews, brain power sours, I think is what they're called. Ooh, they're I'm from Designs for Health. They are adult starburst and they have phosphatidylcholine in it it actually helps like your brain it's good for your brain and it tastes like starburst and so i want that yeah the cbd Every gummies Hollywood. i have i'm like I could, pop, I could just eat these with popcorn like i'm at the fucking movies i just probably shouldn't but i mean they make those things taste real good yeah, yeah. i i love i'm like a child i used to eat like the flintstones vitamins and oh, I, get it. I, did I wanted them all the time these i want every day but so now what should we be taking? You're saying that brain one. Also, I feel like my brain is not, I can't put together sentences. I forget everything and it has disintegrated. I pronounce yeah. words incorrectly too. So I should probably be taking these as well. Yeah. Help us. <laughs> well, have you had your thyroid checked? I because don't know. Maybe. Brain fog, <laughs> feeling fatigued. Um, if you're feeling like if you have issues with dry skin, hair loss, constipation, brittle hair, um, you find that your voice is like gravelly and getting deeper. Well, that happened a long time pain. ago and I thought it was just because I talked a lot. Yeah. Well, maybe. My voice but, has been quite deep. But yeah. So in taking your quiz, I the two things that were my so you guys, issues. There's a quiz in the book, by the way. Yes. Um, and it helps you identify hormonal issues. And uh, your number score for the questions that Dr. Brighton asks you equals out to like, you may to need to pay attention to this. This can be an issue um, in certain areas. Yes. Yeah, so for me, 
Category F, too little cortisol, and category H, too little thyroid hormone were my particular issues. <laughs> I had like I a like, two and a she three. She like opened up the book yeah. like over your mic. She's like <laughs> blocking my quiz results first. So okay, so like that's exactly what I was asking is like have you had your thyroid checked yet? No, because a lot do of I have sim- to ask for that? Why don't they just do that? You have to ask for that and you have to ask for a TSH. You use the, there's a section in the book that says TSH is not enough. You want to get the full panel. So, but like how am I to know, unless I know you, that I need to do these things? Like I have to Google and book. WebMD and like, but so let's just say, you know, fine. Everyone should obviously go out and get this book immediately because you don't know what you don't know. But I didn't know these things. So I go to get my normal tests and or like my doctor like feels around and doesn't even take blood or do anything else. I'm like, is that all? I feel like you need to go inside there. But <laughs> I don't know. So like also pap smears are only every three years. I, I lie don't and say I have a new sex partner. I lie. I lie too. every time. Why? I, because, because I want a pap smear. Cause I'm like, do a test. I'm here. Well, do listen, a test. This is what happened to me. I got a pap every year. I had some crazy doctor yelling at me. That was like, she was like spitting at me, yelling at me saying, well, you can ask for open heart surgery, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give it to you. I'm like, listen, I feel comfortable having one every year. I know that the uh, they say it's every three. I then had a normal pap. Mm-hmm. I went back, had one a year later, and I had HPV. And it was to the point where I had to have two leap procedures to get everything out. Had mm-hmm. I waited three years, I know that it doesn't potentially grow that fast, but that makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. So HPV testing isn't typically done until we get into our 30s or unless you have an abnormal pap. I've never had an abnormal pap in my life until the HPV. Yeah. And most women clear HPV on their own. And there's a lot of cases. So why we moved it, I didn't move it, but ACOG moved it um, to every three years is that too many invasive procedures were being done to women and at too young of ages in some circumstances. And so what we know about HPV is that women do clear HPV themselves. Their body will handle it and take care of it. With some of these abnormal changes that happen to the cervix, they will resolve. And there's also protocols that you can do naturally to help these things resolve. Wish I would have known that. Right? Now Um, they took a piece of my cervix out. Now I have to tell my gynecologist that if I want to get pregnant because that could affect things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, but we can all be grateful that we do have these modern medical interventions if we need them. Yeah. But that's why we moved it to every three years is because there were too many women getting leaps or uh, cone procedures where they were actually just like cutting off the head of their cervix and then they weren't going to be able to have a baby in the future. Wait, so I had a leap and a cone. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they took so much, but like though I saw it, it was like, Oh. It was like <laughs> that. No, it was like that. That size, the size of my pointer fingernail. Why yeah, want to do that because it was right in front, in front of my fucking face. Uh-oh. Yeah, look away. Did they have the they had the camera with the colposcopy going? No, I didn't see. I just saw it on the table. I'm like, is that my? Service? Oh yeah, and she was like, like a circumcision. Yes, and I was like. Um, and then nobody ever said, make sure you know that your cervix size is very important when you're pregnant mm-hmm. in the measurement of your cervix. I didn't know this until my girlfriend had the same problem and told me after baby number two, cause guess what? She had a baby and she had the information. Yeah. I was like, I have to tell them that. And she was yeah. like, yes, it's very important. Yeah. There's a weird chicken and egg thing happening here and I don't like it like that. I have to go and ask for a thyroid thing. I wouldn't have known to ask. Unless well, that's only one we thing. You it. also need to know oh, about course. your um, adrenal glands. That's very mm-hmm. important, especially Is if you're wrong a, with them. If you're a high anxiety, stressed out person, oh, no. it's also your cortisol is, is right, connected low. to that, too. 
She, I like how she read the book and she's like teaching us now. But I that also, is awesome. Well, I'm like so delighted right now. Well, like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is why I, I wrote the book. I literally know like 5% of the information, but it's still you know it's, 5%. But you wouldn't even think to think about these other types of hormones. The, the sex hormones are the ones that everyone freaks out about because they're yeah. like, what's my testosterone and all that? Like that's important, but there's a lot of other ones that affect your inside out um, sexual health and everything. And totally. you don't even think about those things. Speaking of thinking about things. Okay. If we are off the pill now, mm-hmm. does that mean we detox? What time, how long does it take to detox? Are we fine now? Are we infertile? How do you know? Are we ever yeah, have how babies? do you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first thing is that your body will clear those synthetic hormones. It's what did they actually do to your body while you were taking oh. them? So do you have gut dysbiosis? Did it, which means that there's an imbalance of what's growing in your gut and what should and shouldn't be there is all out of balance. Like, are you having issues, you know, in terms of your mood? Are you now having like post pill acne because of an androgen rebound that's coming up? Are you noticing that you have headaches and that like if you walk into like Macy's department store, you feel like really sick? That's the quiz from the liver chapter. Like these little clues can let you know what system kind of took the impact because what gets termed dysfunction in women's medicine is usually adaptive physiology. So we get told we have sexual dysfunction. Sometimes that's adaptive physiology because you have a bad boyfriend. Like that's okay. (laughs) Like we should be able, but you know, be a good girl, smile and be nice always. Right. But, and so that's what you have to look at. Your body never betrayed you. Not once. It is always adapted to what has been happening in your environment. You, yeah. Absolutely. The name of the game is survival here. So you will detox the hormonal birth control out, but how much did that actually impact your detox mechanisms? Are you pooping every day? Are you actually um, you know, able to run your liver detox pathways? If you're not, you're going to end up with skin symptoms. A lot of people see skin symptoms with that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pointing like at kind? myself. Let's all learn about I what to I have major skin symptoms all of a sudden. I also had to take two rounds of antibiotics because my cat had seizures and bit me a couple of times. And so I had to get antibiotic shocks, yeah. shots, and I think that fucked with my gut. And now my skin is like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I'm very, very, very sensitive. And I am guessing that that's what it is. But my doctor is kind of a natural doctor. So she helped me come to that conclusion, I think. But mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Like you had like weird underarm stuff. Uh, yeah, like itchy. under. Anyway, like it's just overgrowth. I think, yeah, just my yeah. skin. Yeah, because I think it was a fungal mm-hmm. issue. That's yeast, yeah. Fungus, so, yeast. But I've, I don't think that I've, and let's just talk about it, I don't really get, I've never really had a yeast infection. Oh, yeah. Yeast can be, so can yeast be. is everywhere. Yeah. Like, there is the microbiome, and now we understand the mycobiome, which okay. is that yeast is ubiquitous in our system. Yeah. So it's in the gut, it's in the vagina, it's in your mouth, it's on your skin, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Because that's it, thrush it can, in your mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but it doesn't have to be. That's right. when it's overgrowing. Mm-hmm. So yeast vaginitis, why do you get yeast vaginitis? The yeast was there, it's opportunistic. So given the opportunity to grow, it will. So you got to have the good guys to throw down. They will keep yeast in check. But in addition, blood sugar balance. So when we see that there, so blood sugar, people usually think, okay, pancreas, insulin, cells, maybe they don't even think that. And I'm just the nerd. Um, (laughs) Well, you're the doctor. But with your liver, your liver actually stores glycogen. That's the storage form of sugar. And then it liberates that. And your adrenal glands spike cortisol to get that, get your liver to give it up. So if you're under chronic stress, 
gas, you have liver dysfunction, these kinds of things, you can have higher circulating levels of yeast or excuse me, of sugar. And then the yeast will feed on that. And it's not that. And like, that's why it overproduces because it's there yeah, to, it, able to do you're that. feeding it. Yeah. And then of course, in your armpits, I mean, moist environment, yeast mm-hmm. is like, yay, mm-hmm. I love this. It's this is here. perfect. Totally. Yeah, but not all of I a sudden. yeast has a personality. It does. <laughs> it's real invasive um I but all of a sudden for me it was an issue and I think it was coming off of the heels of that those mm-hmm. antibiotics that would they're shots they are like a shock to your system yeah like the plan but B so necessary like oh. I was bit by a dog once in my right hand I was actually gonna be a dentist until a dog bit my right hand and like made it so my fingers didn't move for a <gasps> while and um I had to go to the hospital and get IV antibiotics mm-hmm. and I'm like I hated the whole experience, but I was super grateful, like not to have sepsis and not to feel terrible. Oh, of course. But also (laughs) these these solutions that you can be given for these issues that come up that are like accidents or whatever that could solve them normally probably have less effect, like you're saying, where the pill will counteract that or it will lessen the effect or. Well, what's interesting about the pill. So we're talking about antibiotics is that there have been studies that have compared birth control to antibiotics in terms of the impact on the microbiome. So killing off the good guys, except who does decades and decades of birth control or excuse me, of the pill of it's the end of the day of antibiotics. And yet with the pill, we're on it for decades and no one's talking about it. Yeah. Or the study that came out of Harvard showing that if you had a family history of Crohn's disease, you had a 300% increased risk of developing Crohn's disease after five years on the pill. (gasps) I have seen so many patients who they're like, we go through their history of inflammatory bowel disease and there's birth control in their history. Oh, I started birth control three years later. I started, I was diagnosed with IBS. Six years later, I'm diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Like this is no joke. And yet we we know this, but medicine hasn't shifted to screen for this first because and nobody cares about the pill well i think it's part of like, like we've just been like oh whatever like it's the pill everybody yeah. takes it it's, it's not no even, big are you deal. on any medication no just the pill it yeah. feels it's like that they the pill to being a condom which is something you put on externally and you throw it out and buy but yeah. like the pill it affects every single thing internally and it's just so mind-blowing that it is so just not it's not a big deal it's just it's so like, dismissed and it makes it makes me very upset. Right, we're obviously very mad. Now, why do they say you should take the pill to prevent like breast cancer and things like that? Do we actually need to take it? So it won't prevent breast, breast cancer. It's it actually ovarian. raises the risk oh, of breast ovarian? cancer. And ovarian, ovarian they say. cancer oh. is like the big one. And so there are certain cancers that the pill does lower the risk for. But there's also, as I talk about other ways, you know, in my book, I go through, here's other ways that you can prevent cancer. Like they act like, and mind you, that's all they got, right? Their toolkit, they didn't get the nutrition toolkit they got the prescription toolkit so their toolkit has this one thing for ovarian cancer and that's an important thing that should happen in the conversation this is one thing that can prevent ovarian cancer but it's not the only thing Mm -hmm. and so here's other things that we can be doing and then what gets left out is, but by the way, it can increase the risk of breast cancer, brain oh, cancer, and yeah. liver cancer. Like those conversations Blood don't happen. Yeah. Heart disease. Right. Like, I, mean, I mean, there's, you could die because of its effects. This so like, is why would I'm, you even take the thing? I you, see. It, if your body doesn't make it, why are you taking it? I see commercials all the time for like chronic dry eye syndrome. <laughs> and then they list the side effects of this eye drop, which it's like, never d- chronic diarrhea um <laughs> your arm will fall off you're gonna forget everything you'll, you'll grow a third eye <laughs> it's these, sexy it's the right? new trend millennials like, are doing it <laughs> and i in my mind i'm like 
we are so just doctor says take this medication and we do it that you could just tell us that the side effects of having a dry eye are like a billion times worse than the actual dry eye and we're still going to put the drops in our eye a so a we are just so blindly following what a doctor says that it's cool b why is nobody giving us those list of side effects when they hand us the fucking pill Mm, yeah i am confused you know we're like only one of two countries in the world that are allowed to have like pharmaceutical marketing direct to consumer like, what is that? Like, why do money? We, like, as a doctor, I'm like, why do I need some TV commercial happening between some segment of a TV show to tell my patient, you need to come to me to ask for this drug? Now, here you're asking for a pap smear, and she's like spitting at you, as you said, and being like, oh, I'm not going to give it to you. Oh, but if I come to you and I ask for a Billify or ask for this or that, oh, you're going to oh, give yeah. it. And, and that's like, not my job. My job is to protect my body and to ask you questions about maybe a test that you could do to help me understand what might be happening if I have a symptom or guess what I'm not symptomatic I just want you to fucking give me a pap smear Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden it's my job to tell you what pill I'm supposed to be taking that's your job yeah well and that's the thing is that we have to stand back and ask like are some of these pharmaceuticals even the best fit in that moment and is it just because the patient came in was asking for it the doctors already had a really hard day they're overworked they're exhausted and all these other variables that the patient has absolutely no control over is taking place to where like we I think so often things are set up to like blame the doctor and yet there's so much going on behind the scenes that impact that so right, for there's yeah. a business honestly if I no. see a commercial for something I'm like I must have that thing I know I'm trick-or-treating it, for whatever they're at, selling me like I don't want even those care. gummy candies I, I get everything. it it does sound here like I'm just annoyed it's not the do- it's like well, I'm not the a doctor it's part of the is problem it's just some, everything you know practice groups will actually penalize doctors for ordering excess labs so okay. if you go in and you ask for that full thyroid panel it may not even be in the computer system they may not even be able to write it even if they think it's the best thing for you because they've actually been stopped from doing that with their EHR or they're penalized and they're actually have their pay docked and be told like you could lose your job because you ordered excess labs. Why is it excess because and why isn't you, it just because you are you've penalized, never tested a thyroid? You are penalized for doing your job. That's your job is to like preventative care and but thinking that's about. scary. Why go to a doctor at oh all if there's God. all these regulations as to how they cannot help? Well, it's not. I mean, it's not that way ubiquitously but it's just something I put on the table so that people are not yelling at their doctor and the other thing to recognize is that your doctor is a human and what happens when you yell at humans fight flight or freeze yeah and so that's what happens because they can't control the physiology and so you know that's something that sometimes is hard too is that maybe three women before you yelled at your doctor and now they're in and they're just like I'm so flustered I'm just trying to get through the day kind of situation so is to say like it shouldn't be all your responsibility there really should be a partnership in all of that and it's I think it's definitely important that we need to be having full lab panels and understanding our bodies you can't test your sex hormones while you're on birth control you can it's not worth your money you're gonna come back looking like a postmenopausal woman that's like not worth it <laughs> you're not even ovulating you're not making yeah. on those hormones but you are making cortisol you are making thyroid you are making insulin you are um, you can monitor your blood sugar your inflammation your uh metabolic panel that's pretty typical insurance will cover that that's going to tell you about electrolytes are you on a potassium sparing drug what does that look like for you how long do you need to wait till you get off the pill to test those things like i mean you should to test your sex hormones to test yeah to, to, to start over to reset to test things that where you're like coming from a 
Clean slate. Clean slate, yeah. Yeah, you can test all of that. It's only the sex hormones. So okay. um, typically FSH, LH, those are brain hormones communicating to your ovaries, estradiol and progesterone. Those are things that we wait to test until like three to six months after coming okay. off of okay. birth control. Okay. Testosterone, I typically wait for as well because you're not like it's going to be a while till that yeah. testosterone comes online. You can certainly test sex hormone binding globulin and look at like, okay, is it elevated now but really it's um you know especially when we talk about insurance and money and all of that just waiting until you do your sex hormones to get the sex hormone binding globulin as well might as well just wait okay uh before we wrap i mean i still have so much homework I to feel do like i could talk to you for another I know. 27 well, hours the good thing is we can just keep reading her book over uh, yeah. and over and over, over again and, and over educate ourselves and over again um i mean we brought this up but the um the whole your whole thing is the post post pill post birth control post syndrome yes what is birth that? control just yeah. really quick a, a quick easy layman's term of what that is i just realized where i was sitting and i kept sliding off <laughs> oh and my that, God. that's why i had to move well, well, it's a trick couch so so i was moving closer so post birth control syndrome is the collection of signs and symptoms that come up when you discontinue birth control if you've never been on birth control you don't have post birth control syndrome so you can rule that out um, it typically shows up about four to six months after coming off birth control. For some women, it's sooner. For some women, it's much later. And it can impact any system in your body because hormonal birth control has touched down on every single system of your body. And so with that, some women will have classic period problems. Maybe their period's gone altogether. Maybe they have regular all periods. All of a sudden, after four months, all then Oof. this... So, oh, yeah. So some women... Well, typically, like the most classic picture we see... You stop, you have a withdrawal bleed, and then after that, there's no period because you're not ovulating. So your body's, and, and your body sometimes can take, so if you had a regular period, so every, you know, 28 so days, it's going to take, you know, usually on average three months for a woman to reclaim her period, get get back to ovulating. Mine was right on track and stayed right on track. Yeah, and it totally can be that way. And then, but then you had all these skin issues coming yes. up. <laughs> so well, that happened before I got off the pill, but yeah, I think it was, who knows, but yeah. Oh yeah, so yeast yeah. overgrowth, the super super common when you're yeah. on birth control yeah. it grows in your mouth on your skin and in your vagina and then all of that because it's in your gut sure. so um that gut microbiome is connected to everything so with post-birth control syndrome if you had irregular periods so say you had pcos periods are unpredictable it could take six months for your period to come back you really should investigate it three months though in my practice once we hit three months we don't waste any time we start investigating so with that you can also have gut symptoms you can have new onset neurological symptoms so maybe you're having migraines for the first time, you're, you know, having brain fog, things like that. And it also can be the return of symptoms that you had before that okay. you were suppressing. Sure. So with this, uh, you know, a syndrome is a collection of symptoms that we see that go together. It's how we start the language, the conversation in medicine, like irritable bowel syndrome. We now have all of the irritable bowel It's a D whole bunch of different things that equal that. Right. But okay. we've now come to understand that a lot of it is mediated by small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and organisms. Um, basically, at some point you got food poisoning, you developed uh, an antibody to the migrating motor complex, the nervous system of your gut, and that caused delayed motility. The good guys in the bowels move their way up to your small intestine. They like to eat all your food there, so they disrupt everything. And now we have IBS, except that it's actually a nervous system dysfunction in the gut. But we're still calling it IBS. And so really post-birth control syndrome. Can you syndrome, just be president of the United States? <laughs> I'm like, my mouth that. is open. Like, 
Wait, also, I really like that irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome is like an emotion. Like your bowel is irritable. Yeah, it's upset. <laughs> pissed off. Yeah. Oh, it's like your uterus, you know, wandering. It's hysterical. I know. Oh, it's oh my hysterical. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I'm you know, I so I have a collection of. Um, you said you collect books, and yeah. I have a collection of really old medical textbooks. I love old textbooks. Um, Are they like comic books now? No. <laughs> no. There's no pictures. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no Dennis the Menace in there. <laughs> um, but with that, there's one um, that's sitting on my shelf, and it's from like the 1950s. And I went into it, and it was still talking about hysteria. It was first Shut published up. in the 1930s and then republished in the 1950s. 50s. <laughs> hey, 50s. I've been, I've been in SoCal for too long. She's keeping her street cred <laughs> up here. Oh, so I'm That's like, crazy. Yeah. But I was like, whoa. Well, here's this book in the 50s, a medical textbook on endocrinology still talking about hysteria and then t- just I mean PMS and all these symptoms how it's just basically in our head like Come and that's on. like Hello. that's the old well, story it's so you, weird that only women are crazy you yeah I know um, weird. you so weird, but we can do all the other things. also enlighten our listeners on the um that uh doctors just now realized in like 2015 or 14 that um the menstruation cycle is like the uh, it's a um fifth vital sign fifth vital yeah. sign yeah. so in Hello? 2015 ACOG uh it's the end of the day okay to be fair everyone listening to this podcast is about 8 p.m yeah. um so all of us are kind of stumbling over the words and <laughs> we are freaking epic to be talking yeah. the way we are at 8 p.m uh yeah so ACOG um which is the college of obstetricians and gynecologists they termed your menstrual cycle the fifth vital sign so it's up there with like blood pressure, temperature, these ways we gauge, are you going to die right now? And like, what's the, what's the quality of your health? And yeah, that's how valuable our menstrual cycle is for the and, data that it contains. And it took until 2015 to recognize that. Right. Also, one more wow. reason why women are so cool. Hello. We have an extra vital sign. Yeah. We do. We're saying that men. We're, yeah. We are. At, why are you being so extra? Because I menstruate. Exactly. Because <laughs> I get extra stuff. Well, you guys, there is so much more. <laughs> More extra stuff in this book. Please get beyond the pill. It's a 30-day program to balance your hormones, reclaim your body, and reverse the dangerous side effects of birth the birth control pill. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank Brighton. You. This was I am I just I I am voting for you for president. I don't even care if you don't run. I'm writing your <laughs> name. Still, you know why? Because we can do that. Because we have the vote. Yeah. Women it's not the amazing. Vote. So what we else? are And then and then what happens is that like, you know, they'll be calling my name and they'll be like, the next president is Dr. Jolene Brighton. I'm gonna be like, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> you just keep doing what you're doing. You your jaws open rights. over there and I'll be like, uh yeah. okay. We'll write I a do? book about it. It's It'll be fine. <laughs> you know what? I feel like we have time to figure that out. Um, <laughs> okay, remind everyone where they can buy your book and where they can find you and all your helpful information. Awesome. Well, you can find me at drbrighton.com, D-R-B-R-I-G-H-T. Ian, so bright and like this sun. The book is there. You can also find it at Amazon and your local bookstores. So go check that out for sure. And then you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Jolene Brighton. I'm also on YouTube and I put out a ton of information to help support women on their journey wherever they're at. Zero judgment, nothing but love for you. So check out those and thank you so much oh for God. having me. Thank, thank you so you much for so coming much. in. Yeah. Oh, man, everyone gets a studying, but also don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new show with our guest actress or actor. Rebecca Metz. Do people say actor? Is well, yeah, actor, because right? I think some women say, well, I'm not an, like, I'm not a, you know, doctress. I'm a doctor. We're right. all doctors. Exactly. So exactly. I made that mistake and I said actress and I, in a group of actors and they corrected me and I just 
let them know I'm old like that. Yeah. Like, right. like I didn't I'm, get the memo. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes we're like pre happen. PC culture. So I'm like, I'm yeah. trying. I'm yeah. really trying well, not to offend. Right. Like, I'd yeah. rather ask after like, I oh, mean, did I mess that up? I guess actor can be more general. But yes. yes. Like flight attendant. We have. Yes, exactly. We have actress, actor, Rebecca Metzen. So stay tuned for that. And uh, if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show, where you can rate and comment and send us more questions for Dr. Brighton. Maybe we'll have her on again because uh, we could talk for hours Brooks and hours yes. about this. Yeah. Um, there are things we didn't even get into. Oh, not even close. <laughs> Please get the book, you guys. You need to take this quiz and you need to know what you're doing. Plus, who doesn't body. love a quiz? Oh, my God. Okay. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets as well. And we will talk to you next week. Love, love you a long time. time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 